Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Football Ramble this Monday. Ajax have stolen all the Premier League's goals. <laughs> It's Monday the 26th of October. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. They have. They've taken them all. Yeah. The lost art of keeping defence. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ruthless. Can we all just blame Vish? Because he's been moaning for the last few weeks that too the Premier goals. League are having too many goals. Mm. So now let's just all blame him because yeah, it's, it's, it's all stopped now. He's got what he wanted. <laughs> and now we're having to start with the Eredivisie. <laughs> Who saw that coming? That was more like it though. Defending, narrow Unreal. wins, Arsenal being shite. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, before we do get started with everything, uh, just a quick reminder or to tell you for the first time in case you didn't know, we've got the first Ramble Meets episode of the season now available on Football Ramble Presents and it is well worth checking out because Andy Brassel sat down with none other than the man himself, the Arsene Wenger. Oh, yes. oh, so good. They talked about his formative years coaching in France, some highlights from his two decades in North London at Arsenal. Uh, it will be a fascinating listen, so make sure you check it out. Just search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app to listen and subscribe now. Have you, have you heard any of it yet, Jim? I've heard a little bit of it, yeah. Mm. I'm excited. Um I wasn't uh, I wasn't allowed to submit questions because they're all about his big coat. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> Andy's a lot more professional. So uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be a great listen. Do they talk about the photo shoot 
Remember when he had that fortune where he was at the end of a jetty in a full <laughs> three-piece suit <laughs> <laughs> lounging uh, against a bar that time. And yeah. he, looked, he just looks uncomfortable in clothes, doesn't or he? Or playing beach football. Yes, mm. lovely. He photographs strangely, doesn't mm. he, Arson? Yeah. shall we say. Yeah. But yeah, check it out. Yeah, will be definitely a good listen. Uh, also, just to mention, Jim, you decided not to pay to watch Arsenal. Oh, uh, yeah, I would not pay the ransom. I do not ransom. negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't pay. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not having it. I'm not doing it. No. I figure if um, if enough people do it because you know they're over a barrel, then it will become the norm. And I don't. I don't. Did I don't you pay the money to the food bank instead, like the Newcastle? I actually funds. did give some money to the food bank over the weekend, but it was oh, unrelated. Food, bank, food banks are all right. You think they should be supported under this Tory government? Yeah, yeah I do. Get out, actually, get out, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> get out, Jim. <laughs> Go and vote. <laughs> but there we go. Leicester beating Arsenal one 0 last night. So you didn't miss too much. Although we did watch the highlights on Match of the Day too, yeah. mm. and you did think, Jim, didn't you? Should have been a goal to Arsenal. You're going to yeah. say that, but actually, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I think um, it was a very unusual. Um, situation because I don't, I don't think Jack is interfering I don't think he's he's mm. um, impeding uh, Schmeichel in any way so I think that's a weird one it's a very different game after that but it all, honestly feels like it was just written by like a sort of football manager kind of algorithm that doesn't it Vardy coming on <laughs> back from injury scoring in the 80th minute yeah like, and he wasn't M- fully Mustafi fit, was making a cameo and those two combining <laughs> effectively like it's just all also very predictable and um, uh, frustrating so a lot of I possession mean, just very little creativity this year yeah. very real pro- prime near Arsenal yeah I I mean, it's, you know, in the last four games, they've um, uh, beaten Sheffield, Sheffield United, but have uh, lost to Leicester, uh, Man City and Liverpool. So it's, you know, biz- underwhelming business as usual at the moment. Mm. So Arteta's got some stuff to think about ahead of uh, the next league game against Man United. I do feel watching Arteta, though, he I feel like he's slightly morphing into Pep Guardiola on the touchline. They've got very similar mannerisms with the way no. they sort of guide their team through a 90 minutes, I think. Yeah. Quite interesting to they watch. They were similar jumpers. Uh, sort of, yeah, that too. In, in warmer months. That too. Yeah. The s- similar men. I mean, I do feel like, you know, if Arsenal like have a really good result against Man United, which at the moment is looking unlikely, if if Arteta goes all giddy like Guardiola does, then we're in full on, like, <laughs> this is some sort of weird kind of body horror thing going on here where he's going to literally turn into it. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing to stop them getting a decent result against Manchester United, the the, the way that they're playing at the moment. Quite spotty form. If Lax and Orbs can sort their form out a little bit and start finishing things again. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it just uh, it just is lacking a little bit creativity, I think, yes. at the moment. Um, and answers uh, answers to that problem need to be mm. found. And I think Aubameyang down the, the middle makes sense. But, you know, mm. he's not going to listen to me, is he? Mm-hmm. He's not. No, he's not. Sorry. Uh, a tactical masterclass class from Brendy Rogers, though, wasn't yeah. it? So congratulations to Leicester. There's quite a few underwhelming games this weekend. So we're going to kind of... We're gonna, <laughs> yeah, we really are, sell it, yeah, yeah. it, it was Last a bit, time I did a show with you, you were like, there's nothing to talk about. There is nothing to talk <laughs> yeah. about. But, 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 I feel like there were a couple of games that just sort of leaped out that, that were more interesting. So we're going to get mm. stuck into those, like Southampton beating Everton 2-0, which means means Everton now have been beaten this season. They are still top of the Premier League table. Mm. But how good was Southampton? I mean, yeah. they really, really impressed me the way that they they controlled that entire game. They dominated. They restricted Everton to getting crosses in the box, which is where they're, they're so threatening, particularly mm. with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He was, he was, what's the word? Is it ominous? 
<laughs> yeah. Looming. An- anonymous. Yeah, oh, anonymous. Uh, yeah, he was the opposite of the ominous. Opposite. Yeah. The opposite. I mean, anonymous. He, he was anonymous. Ominously yeah. Yeah. Bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, ominously <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> A looming uh, figure <laughs> of um, underwhelm. Yeah, he was. Did he have something like two touches in the box? Yeah, Surprising like from him. But, but mm. Southampton are a very, very good team, aren't they? And I think they've kind of they've gone under the radar a little bit in terms of people's expectations of them this season because um, they finished last season pretty strongly. Um, Hassan Hoot was clearly a very, very good coach. Danny Ings is, is a, an exceptional striker, and we're now seeing that he's getting the, in, getting the best out of Shea Adams as well, which is which is you know. He's a big coup for them, really, because when they signed, there were reasonably high expectations. Obviously, he's come from Birmingham in the Championship. He scored 22 goals in 2018-19. So you think he's coming in for goals. He didn't immediately do that. So the temptation was to think, oh, maybe this just isn't going to work out. But his hold-up play is pretty good. And he's starting to work very well with Danny Ings now. So I think his... His role is probably changing a little bit and the expectations of him are probably changing a little bit. He's perhaps more of a foil for Ings, but obviously he's got his goal at the weekend. Hopefully mm. that will kind of, it will start to open up. He scored that brilliant goal against Man City last mm. season, didn't he? Which, mm. is, which is amazing. So, I mean, that is a, I mean, it's, we've got a, got a kind of sh- strike duo up, duo up front. They're so rare in the league now, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? And like, it's, it's exciting to watch. And obviously on his day, Musa Gineppo is an incredible player as well. Like He shows shows moments of absolute brilliance sometimes. So I'm quite excited about Southampton this season. And I'm actually not that surprised that, that they've won here. I was surprised that Everton seemed a little bit toothless compared to what we've seen of them so far. But I think the, the, a lot of that is down to Southampton controlling the game very well. well. I, think, I get the feeling that this season is going to be all about players, uh, sorry, squads who can stay fit. Um, Everton Apart from their their first eleven, uh, the manager picks obviously uh, they're, they're they're quite light I think, and 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 that is only going to get worse through the season. Very little preseason uh, for most clubs uh, in the Premier League, and, and and as soon as they get a couple of absentees, they look quite an ordinary ordinary side. Mm, and no Richarlison for the game mm. as well. He was suspended off the back of um, mm. the sending off in the Merseyside derby, and now Everton are going to have to moving forward do without. Lucas Dean and I feel like that was probably the main talking point from the game his sending off whether it should have been shouldn't have been what do you both think? So I don't think it's deliberately reckless play. I maybe I'm naive and I'm giving Dean too much of the mm. doubt because to benefit of the doubt because he's had a little nibble at um at Kyle Walker Peters before he's actually fouled him, but he's got his hands up when he goes into him. So I think it's an accidental coming together when he's mm. when he's you know hit, hit his foot like that. But it's still it's still really dangerous play yeah. and I don't think that absolves it from being a red card. I think it is a red card and I think it will be a four game ban because they're going to appeal it and I don't think they're going to win that appeal. Mm-hmm. That's what Ancelotti said after the game. Anyway. They seem to be furious about it. But but yeah, I mean, going back to what you're saying about that sort of lack of depth, Pete, um, Richarlison missing means Alex Awobi started in his place and he was hooked at half-time for Bernard. Hmm. So that, like... Neither of those are particularly. Neither of those are particularly inspiring either. So I know I know both have got qualities, but it it does back up what you're saying there. Like when you've got those bigger players missing, perhaps this is what happens. There's less of a spark. Mm. I think the thing is with the with the red card for Luca Dean. I think the reason why people are getting so annoyed about it is Pete. You're right. There is this inconsistency of. What is a red card? What isn't a red card? What's getting checked? What's not getting uh, yeah, checked? Yeah, just... and that's the thing is that I think it was Kevin Friend that was the referee and he showed the red card almost instantly. Yeah. yeah. And he did have a good view of it. He felt like he didn't need to go over to the monitor and check. And and that's fine if that's how he feels on the pitch. And, and you know, we, we do want the referees on the pitch to have the final say. Yeah. We do want that. Um, I think in this situation, though, it was more the kind of whole coming together of that entire 
challenge because mm. he takes, I think, the reason why he gets sent off is more the swipe before the actual tackle. Well, that's because, what I meant, like the first, yeah. Yeah, that's what you meant. Because the, like you say, Jim, there's no intent there. We're not saying that Luca Dean meant to hurt Walker Peters, mm. but the point that that doesn't really come into red cards nowadays. It doesn't have to be intentionally malicious. It doesn't have to be intentionally out to hurt the player. I don't think many footballers would do that anyway. Um, the the case is is that it was endangering the safety of the player. That's why he was sent off. But I think more so, it was probably the whole situation rather mm, yeah. than that exact movement that sent him off if that makes yeah. sense just clumsy and like Dean was clearly fired up as well or mm. Dinia. Um it's very it's, it's a brilliant player should be yeah, said yeah, yeah. he's a really really good player Luca Dinia. but um, he'll be a miss though won't he yeah he will be he will be a massive massive miss for them and like I say I think probably for four games yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of Southampton, they were very good. And Ralph Hasenhutl seems to be really forging something at Southampton. And I know everyone's sort of bored of the whole 9-0 sort of storyline from last year, a year to the day since that happened. But <laughs> since then, seriously, they have been really impressive. I put them down as one of the dark horses for this year that could potentially break into a European position. And I stand by that. I did feel a little bit foolish after they'd lost their first two games of the Premier League thinking that as a prediction (laughs) but now I'm glad that it's kind of worked out and and as a manager I really like him he's got this real presence I've interviewed him before and he's big strong tall I feel like he's got authority over the players Mm. and clearly a bit of a tactical genius with what he's doing at Southampton and and also mentality wise wasn't this the manager who said you had a nice top on no, that was Daniel Farker. It was a Farker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was say, I thought you were giving him props because no, no, he'd no, given no, you no. props. Right, okay, no, right. Ralph Halsenhutel did not comment on my clothing, uh, which makes me like him even more. Uh, <laughs> stuck strictly to business. Um, so, yeah, no, I really think that Southampton are building something and um, mm, mm. I think they're, they're ones to watch and they're one of those teams I feel like can be anyone on their day. So let's see what happens. So Southampton being Everton 2-0. Another one of the standout games was the first game of the weekend. Uh, Villa nil, Leeds 3. What a victory for Leeds because Aston Villa had been unbeaten heading into that game. Yeah. Uh, and, well, the only team that had won all four of their matches mm. heading into that match. And then Leeds were just absolutely brilliant a hat trick from relentless. Patrick relentless. They, they got so hat-trick, they got off so many, <laughs> they got you should write a headline <laughs> um they got so many shots off and and if you're mm. going to get that many shots off you, you're giving yourself a very good platform for which mm-hmm. to win a football match but yeah they 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 just press so well and uh, i think i may have started the season by saying if if they play like they did the first couple of games of the season they they will go down because they they were leaking so many goals but they've kind of tidied up they, they, they've, they've had a couple of injuries back in the side uh, sorry, not injuries back inside, but players have come back from injury even more and returned to the side. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they just never switch off. They're so intense. Yeah. I mean, it all comes from the manager, doesn't it? That comes from the top <laughs> down. But like, I, I think... Um, Do you think we'll ever find out the name of his translator? Because bless him, he's never named no. in all the interviews. He sits there and he just gets on with his business. Also, what this I do find mouth. what I find amusing about those translated interviews is that uh, Bielsa seems to talk forever and then the translator just goes... Yeah, he says it was a good win. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's not all he said. Tell yeah. me the whole story. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe after the fact, we should get a proper tra- like proper subtitles of what he actually said yeah. compared to what this translator guy's saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the translator man. It's also it is all the more impressive that Bielsa's got them playing like this without being able to directly communicate in the same language with a lot of the players, which is brilliant. Um, but I mean, Dean Smith said after the game like that. You know, it could have been worse, and it's such a credit to Leeds, isn't it, that they've they've managed to um, 
to to start so well. And also, this was a bit of a full storm, wasn't it? Because on the Friday night, this happened. You feel like, ah, oh, are we going to uh, we're going to get another mad weekend? <laughs> and then no, not really. Yeah. I think. It's the form table that's sort of gone out the window, isn't it? The form table is now a bit mad. That's perhaps mm. why. I like this... it though. Yeah, I quite like the it as well. The unexpected nature of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, who thought we'd ever say it? I know, yeah. right? And Patrick Bamford as well. What a, what a lovely chap! What a charming he fella! Seems I can't lovely, doesn't he? quite place my figure on what he reminds me of. I feel like Your it's on yeah, or, or my finger. Yeah, my figure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to place my figure on Patrick Bamford as well. Very clear. Figure. Yeah, well, it's, that's you know that's so his business. Yeah. yeah, and my business. But I, you have to feels, do nude. You have to do a nude stand-up. I was asked to do a nude oh, stand-up yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, a lot of a lot of comedians within a certain price bracket were were, um, were asked to do to do nude stand-up gigs. It's clearly some sort of wine up right. more on that as we get it mm. um, <laughs> nice but yeah Bamford I feel like he's like take your top maybe your mates get naked um, oh, uh, <laughs> strip it what a mournful stripper tune I mean there's only one button undone yeah it's I mean, disappointing how, I mean how far do you want this, me to go with this it's not really a podcast feature Magic, is it I think Jim we got hey, cameras, cameras in the studio on. cameras on get so on, get we'll on. get back to uh, Patrick Bamford. I'm trying to figure out what kind yes. of person he reminds me of, though. Do you know, he's like your cousin's new boyfriend at a wedding. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Love, very lovely polite, fella. Yeah. Very polite. He's got. An, he's got. I guess he's got an interesting background because he's a, a, a little more uh, well off. I think yes. <laughs> he went to a nice school. He got mm. his GCSEs. So everyone talks about the fact that he can play the the, the, the violin and stuff like that. So it's kind of um... him and Kate should do a duo. <laughs> yes. yes. I tell you what, he's like. He's like a posh farmer. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, how, yeah. how, how can you work out outside all day? And likes sort of dogs. Such a... Likes dogs, but grew up on a farm, so it, it treats them as, as the animal that it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than the friend. Yeah. <laughs> but Dean Smith, Dean Smith did sort of say, like, Aston Villa were lucky to, to uh, lose just 3-0, because yeah. they were absolutely relentless. Mm. Although, you, you have to say, though, for Villa, if it hadn't been for that goal cleared off the line mm. in the first half, it could have been quite a different game. Yeah. What a clearance that yeah. was, by mm. the way. I love. Don't you love to see it? Oh, it's brilliant. It's like, off the line. It's like the defender's equivalent of scoring a goal, that, isn't it? Aside from when they actually score, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's clearing off the line's got to be a hell of a feeling. It's only better if you clear off the line, onto the bar, onto your head and then in. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's more fun. <laughs> uh, I'm delighted for Patrick Bamford, though, because coming into the season, especially with the signing of Rodrigo as well there, there was this fear that maybe he wouldn't get necessarily the opportunities mm. that he's had so far but he's he's played every single game for Leeds so far and he scored six goals in six games now and, and already got a hat-trick in the yeah. first few games mm. of the season uh, and he's really proving some doubters wrong because what we've seen of him in the Premier League before it hasn't quite worked out for him and actually I think in a way that possibly that signing of Rodrigo as as maybe helped him because when when a new player like that signs a club record signing comes in you expect them to start ahead of you don't you and mm. I think that's maybe just encouraged him to to step up a little bit mm. more and, and just prove everyone wrong even more so than maybe he initially intended to um, and of the three goals he scored my favourite of them against Villa was the last one. Oh, yeah. The confidence Brilliant. that that would have taken. He had like three or so players around him and somehow he finds that bit of space. Yeah. The footwork was brilliant. The finish was excellent. He picks the, the part of the goal that I wasn't expecting him to pick as well. Um, I just loved that third goal. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. It just looks like... It, it was 
it looked like instinct, didn't it? But the instinct of someone who is really, really informed. Because as you say, I didn't expect him to put it there. And, he, no. and he's 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 shot while you would expect him to still be sort of settling himself and find and picking a shot. He's already mm. done it at that point. And I think that just comes from being so switched on, from being so in tune with with um, with where the goal is because you're in that good form. And it's brilliant to see. I mean, he's 27 years old now, Patrick Bamford. I thought he was younger than that. Um, and I think a lot of people he's thought that. shooting boots at 27. Exactly, yeah. I think uh, he just needed the right place, though, didn't he? I think he was always, you know, he just need the right manager. Yeah, be able to like he doesn't he doesn't speak English, but he can certainly, uh, but he can certainly he's definitely a confidence manager for for the players who feel a little bit lost, like the way that he kind of um, he was kind of farmed out all over the gaff, wasn't mm. he? And, and and to be honest, I think no one's more surprised about his actual goal scoring prowess than than than, than Bielsa himself, because obviously, like he didn't hit. Hit as many. Uh, his accuracy wasn't as uh, wasn't as up as it is in in the Premier League when he played in the Championship. So yeah, I'm I'm glad he's finally at 27. <laughs> yeah, finally shooting. Boot. I just hope that he carries on though, because we mm. saw this last year with Norwich, didn't we? That everyone was questioning whether Pookie could do it mm. in the Premier League, and then he did, and he started the season really well, and then it all kind of fell off a bit. Yeah. Um, but Norwich were terrible. They were terrible. Yeah. Leeds are good. Yeah, so. absolutely. Leeds are good. Leeds are good. Quite a big difference. But yeah, fifth in the. Premier League now after that win what a st- I mean this is this is dreamland for mm. Leeds fans you just only wish that they could be in the stadiums to watch these games especially that one Friday night Villa yeah. Park what a stadium that yeah. is to watch football in and especially under the floodlights as well it's yeah. such a shame not to see fans isn't it it's annoying isn't it even, even more so when you're seeing some of these games around Europe like last week in the Champions League and we're seeing a few fans in the stadiums there mm. it just makes you go oh just please let us in yeah pay 15 quid no (laughs) a couple more games to focus on we'll take a break and then we'll bring you our thoughts on West Ham City and of course that thrashing from Ajax Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh! 
I'm bored watching Newcastle. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Kieran. Me too. Uh, that, that was that was a uh, vicious from him yesterday. Vicious from Kieran, Kieran Dyer. He was yeah. go- going for it beforehand. I, 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 I agree with him <laughs> quite frankly. But you don't normally hear pundits be that no, honest, do you? No. They're normally a little bit more kind of uh, how do you say it? Uh, well, like more rounded with their mm, opinions and kind of... A bit more measured. A little bit more measured, that's the word. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's a player who refused to play at Bobby, for Bobby Robson, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and were they were they boring, Pete, yesterday? Yes. <laughs> it's like your blues song. It's your stripping blues song you just sang. <laughs> that's how boring uh, it was. It isn't one of our featured games we're going to talk about, and that is exactly why, although it did mm. finish a one-all draw. Um, right, let's get to Betway's four-to-score update, because uh, before we get to the emails, we want to see how we got on. Um, entry to Betway's four-to-score is free. Just to remind you, each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selector matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further terms and conditions do apply. And predictably, boys, sadly, we were out after game one. Uh, well done, uh, Marcus, who picked Danny Ings to score first in Southampton against Everton. Of course, it was James Ward-Prowse that got the goal. Um, Luke, though, did get a correct result. He picked Raul Jimenez to score first in the Wolves-Newcastle game, which, as we know, ended a one-all draw in the end. Jacob Murphy with that free kick to equalise. Um, Arsenal versus Leicester. Kate picked Harvey Barnes, who's in good form at the moment. Wasn't a bad pick from Kate, but... Of course, it was Jamie Vardy who came on as a substitute to score the winner for Leicester. And game four is tonight, Burnley against Tottenham. Hopefully this is one where all the goals will come from, Mm. boys. Um, Eight o'clock kickoff. Jim, you picked Son to score. So uh, let's see how you get on. Yeah, hopefully we can get two out of four at least. (laughs) That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Not that it matters. Jimenez scored first after we've been, you know, picking this over and over again. Maybe the curse is broken and we can move (laughs) on from it now. Yeah, we'll be back with another round of Betway's four to score on the preview show this Friday. Right, it's now time for this. Yes, we love hearing from you. Show at footballramble.com to get in touch with absolutely anything you want to say. I mean, there could be a petition for Jim to do Stand Up Naked if you want. You can keep <laughs> those emails happening. coming in. Uh, this is from Danny Owen who says, Hello, Team Ramble. About five years ago, while taking a well-earned break from my university studies, I decided to tune in to a Thursday night Copa del Rey round two time for involving Las Palmas and some unpronounceable second-tier side. Yes, my life was as sad in 2015 as it sounds, but there's a reason why I bring this to the table, Ramblers. The commentator, a man I've not heard from before or since, decided to end the first half in a rather unique way, adopting a cartoonish Italian-style accent not too dissimilar to the Dolmio man. (laughs) The commentator quipped... And that's all, folks. Ah, Uh, (laughs) Odd. But imagine my confusion when he trotted exactly the same phrase at full time as well, accent and all. Is anyone else aware of this man of mystery? Did anyone else hear this? Or have any other listeners spotted any baffling attempts at a commentator's catchphrase? Thank you very much for your email, Danny. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? I suppose Martin Tyler's got, and it's live! Which is, you know... it's what it is, isn't it? Let's when do you, say when do you point, choose but... that that's become going to become like your catchphrase? How does that kind of manifest itself? Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it has the to just come time, up, the sixth time, come up naturally, doesn't it? Yeah. You can't, presumably, you can't give yourself a catchphrase in the same way you can't give yourself a nickname. 
Like it just yeah. sort of has to happen organically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this guy is trying to give himself a catchphrase, isn't he? Because I can't imagine that. And that's all, the folks. Uh, uh, sort of comes up that. <laughs> I'm glad that you naturally. did it. Then I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> I think you know, Dolmio Mario cartoon accent is yeah. fine, right? I'm sure any Italian listeners will be forgiving of that. I would hope, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea who this man is. No, I've never heard of this no, man. No, the Dolmio man. You'd think that something like this would have been trending on Twitter. 2015 yeah. Twitter was big then. Yeah, mm. it would have. That would have happened, wouldn't it? Maybe this was like his one big shot and he just overthought it. Like, <laughs> I need a catchphrase. It's oh. never been used ever since. Yeah. <laughs> they basically just went, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Get, Get out. out. Get, Get out. out. That's all, folks. Ah! <laughs> 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 Maybe that was the R was his producer grabbing him. Get out. Get out. Well, he did it at full time. He, he just thought, well, time, yeah. do you know what? I'm fucked now. I might as well just do it at the end anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Nathan Gisby has been in touch. Hi all. Seeing the recent images of Marcus Turam googling himself for ID <laughs> when Munch and Gladback played, played Inter at the Santa Rosa last weekend reminded me of when I had a similar account- encounter. About five years ago, I met John Parkin in a situation <laughs> where I needed to ask him for ID, at which point I was asked to Google him by his friend as he didn't have any on him. I then had to explain that obviously I knew who he was, but I needed the physical proof. <laughs> Needless to say, he left unhappy with me. Just let John parking in in that situation, yeah, right? Surely, I mean, I'm clearly I'm I'm not I'm no sort of doorman, um, but I th- I think that's that you just ask him for trouble there. He doesn't aren't you? need the beer. Parking does not need the beer. He's going to tell him guy. that. You, d- <laughs> no, you dress a little bit like a sort of provincial doorman. <laughs> Actually, no, the club owner that kind yeah, of is hovering owner, around yeah, them, yeah, yeah, offering just, free hides shots. behind the bouncers. Yeah, yeah. ladies, <laughs> that guy, yeah, him. <laughs> I was with um, Karen Carney recently at a women's football game, and everyone knows who Karen Carney is, especially in the women's football world. Mm. And um, we were getting our accreditation, and you have to obviously say your name and show your ID and whatnot. And it got to Karen, and she went hiya, and the woman went. It's Karen Carney, isn't it? And she went, yeah, that's right. She just forgot to say her name. But I did yeah. think to myself, oh, it's so awkward, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. oh, it's like a bit awkward. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, very awkward. Um, yeah, I know. I, I did love seeing that last week, the Marcus Turam thing, because he had basically the reason why they could, didn't recognise him is he had a face mask on. Because mm. obviously everyone's got to follow the COVID protocol. So he walk, tries to get into the stadium and they're like, who are you? And I love the I love the fact that he had to get the picture up. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's, it's annoying that, isn't it? You, you just got to be like, why, why am I the only person this is happening to? Yeah, exactly. Everyone else was wearing a mask. You recognised all of that lot. Yeah. Why me? Get a provisional driving licence. That's what I've got. Yeah. I can't drive, but I've got one. <laughs> ID As ID. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You don't want yeah. to take your passport around, do you? No, exactly. Yeah, necessary. Show at footballramble.com. Get your emails into us. Uh, we'll try and read out as many as we can. Right. Uh, another game from the weekend West Ham won, Manchester City won. Yet another game from West Ham unbeaten. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on there? They lost their first two Premier League games, and in the last four, they haven't lost, and they've played City, Tottenham, Leicester, and Wolves. It's quite impressive, isn't Brilliant. it? It's, it's, yeah, it's just. I, I, David Moyes has turned it around from from home, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he just had a couple of days off. Lovely old job. But they, I mean, they, they rode the luck, and obviously um, Fabianski certainly kept them in it. But I, I thought it was a really, really solid performance. I mean, the, until um, uh, Antonio, until he lost Antonio, I thought mm. they, they could go, go on and score a couple here. But what they, a goal! By they the did way. Can, yeah, yeah, amazing. They used to kind of ruin Diaz like a um, <laughs> like a, like, a, like a wall. <laughs> yeah. going, you didn't see this coming, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you low bearing prick. <laughs> like that. But I think part of the problem West Ham. Mm. Have had in, in recent seasons is that they just for whatever reason they're um 
their kind of physical commitment to games has gone down. They weren't running mm. that hard. They weren't, you know, they weren't doing the basics with with the kind of level of commitment that you need in the Premier because League. Because the and, time gets to Christmas, they've got no chance of getting anything out of the whole season. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. it. Maybe it will happen again. <laughs> but I think clearly Moyes has got them just just working harder and ju- mm. and just just playing harder. They've, oh, they've got a talented squad. They're always, they and, and, they're Antonio, always underachieving. Antonio, a player where he plays, is just. He's just all over the place, in a good way. He just scares the crap out of people. Yeah. He's such a cute player, so tough to play against. His movement cute, is incredible. Is he? Mate, he is. <laughs> I'd like a cute meet with Antonio. Yeah. Jared Bowen's a very direct and very sort of committed player yeah. as well. And he's like, his energy has added so, so much to them. Mm. They're, they're in really good form. They look really organised at the back. They're, they're four, well, sorry, five at the back. I thought they, they look really, really good. But I just, Kevin De Bruyne obviously coming on um, from the bench, that is an important uh, return for, for Manchester City because. And they, a quick one as well. Yeah. They must be delighted that he's back as quick as he is. Mm. But then they've lost Aguero now again. But I mean, yeah. what's Aguero given Manchester City at the moment? Uh, will this be the season where he doesn't score 30 goals or something? Yeah. Prob- probably not, I but imagine, this is, because this is, he always does. This is part of Aguero at City, though, isn't it? He does miss he does miss periods through injury, and they've, mm. they've dealt with it before, and they've dealt with but it, usually, they'll deal with it again. usually, Jesus will be fit in those situations. Mm. So it's, it's a real issue for City at the moment, because they haven't really got a striker, and yes, they can play Sterling in that number nine position, but is it the same? No. no, especially when you're breaking at speed. And obviously, Aguero not getting into the positions where he's re- receiving the ball for, from the quick players on the break. He he's he's just not as quick as he used to be, and, and so he needs to play a little bit closer to uh, uh, t- to the goal. But yeah, I just I just think Manchester City. This has been coming for. We look at these matches, and it's kind of par for the course at the moment. Manchester City. Yeah. Their recruitment over the past couple of seasons has been poor. You, you don't get a pragna- pragmatic approach to games. Uh, you, you get dogma from, from, from Pep. He's got one way of playing and he, and he wants to play it. And it usually w- works out quite well. They get all of the possession. Um, but as soon as teams kind of start to figure them out a little bit, it's, it's, it's getting increasingly easy to play against Manchester City. And, and there's a reason why Phil Ford is one of the most important footballers on the pitch for mm. City. It's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs for such a talented team. His goal was fantastic, though. And I think mm. um, yeah. Jack and Saylor had a really really good game he was a very lively really really stood out and had a big part in the goal as well um and i mean it's easy to forget they spent 60 million euros or 60 million pounds on him like mm. it's, it's it's crazy some of the players that haven't quite bedded in and, and taken a little while to settle but yeah it's you're right it seems um they seem just underwhelming this season, don't they? As, mm. they? as they did last season, they haven't really kicked on, mm. which is surprising. I think mentality is quite a big thing, though, as well, Pete. Like what you were just touching on there. I think that prior to maybe last season, Man City breathed fear into opponents. Mm. Whereas I think last season, with the amount of losses they had in, in the whole campaign, and then the way they've started this one, teams are now facing Manchester City and and knowing they can get something out of it, and that's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah just just, just uh, let them let them have the ball, and and they sometimes find it quite hard to to break down players. As soon as they get a couple of goals, you, you've got to go out and play them. But yeah. so many teams are setting up just not to not to go behind to, to Manchester City, and it's frequently working for them. Well, well I don't know. I think it's the other way. I think teams are a bit bold, and they feel like they can attack City because yeah. if no, if you score it. against City, City are are as shocked by it as everyone else is, and mm. then they sort of they don't know what to do because yeah. they're not used to it. They're used right. to controlling games in a way that um, they're perhaps not doing so well this season. Season. But as you say, like De Bruyne, uh, De Bruyne is a big, big part of them controlling that midfield. So it used to be a case where you'd think that, regardless of Manchester City's sort of um, flaws in their defence, you could say since companies left, that 
it wouldn't really matter because wouldn't matter so much because they would outscore every team. Mm. And that's probably what you could say about Liverpool now is, yes, of course, Virgil van Dijk is a huge miss for them. But when you look at Liverpool's front three, they will outscore near enough every single other team that they face in the Premier League this season. So they'll probably be all right. And mm. for me, probably still the favourites to win the league mm. because of that, as long as that front three stay fit. Whereas when you look at City's team, with Aguero and Jesus out, of course, they still have incredibly talented forward players, but it isn't their strongest forward line. So that's going to be damaging for City going forward for the rest of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. And and then you look at their, their run this, this season so far, they've only won one in four matches. So that's not what Pep Guardiola wants to see, all the City fans. It's not started as they'd expect. And I, when you look at them in the table, it just looks weird. Yeah. I, I think that um, Pep, if he was allowed to travel, he would be on a sabbatical right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. would have already left. Yeah, <laughs> Messi in January. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because with Van Dijk being out as well, uh, and I think this was perhaps the case anyway before his injury because, you know, Liverpool had, had a couple of weird results. I don't feel like there's a favourite at the moment. Mm. Like, we can all look at who we think is going to win the league before the season starts and kind of stick to that for as, as long as it makes sense. But looking at this, looking at what we've seen in the season so far, nobody stands out as like an obvious winner, yeah, which is brilliant. Is, like, you don't want great. someone to run away with it. And it is a very strange season, but I think it, that there is no excuse for the, that chasing pack not to have a real crack at yes, this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's there for the taking. Up for, yeah, it's there for the taking. It is. Um, I know the secret to West Ham's success under David Moyes. Oh, what is it? Custard. Sorry? Custard. 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 Yeah, David Moyes' guilty pleasure. He was, oh. he, was, he was asked in a press conference that when he, was, when he was isolating at home, he had to do his food shop online. Right. And they said, oh, what was your guilty pleasure? What did you always have in the basket in your food shop? And he said, custard. I love it. <laughs> it's cute, I love it? it. I love my custard. Does he Surprisingly want adorable. I want, uh, yeah. more, I want more information. I want to know whether it's heated because yes. you have to heat custard. Cold custard, not for me. Canned no. ambrosia or... Or the posh stuff from Marks and Sparks. Oh, posh stuff for me. Mm. Mm. Like that for you, stuff. yes, but for David Moyes, <laughs> I, get, I get the feeling he's probably not fussy about it. I wonder whether he stockpiled on custard. Yeah, does he? Does he powder? Does he make his own? Oh, it's um, the that. thing that surprises me most about it is that it's quite quite a bright food for David Moyes. I imagine <laughs> right, he okay. like sort of wears sunglasses in a darkened room <laughs> to sort of tone it down a little bit. You know, <laughs> let's not go crazy. <laughs> Are you custard on like an apple pie or cream? Uh, I would flip between. Mm. I like both. What's wrong with it? A tip top. You know a tip top? What's tip top? It was like crap cream. Crap can cream. <laughs> crap can cream. Well, there you go. Tip top. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It was, what, like it whipped was, cream? No, it was thin. It was almost like UH. It was UHT cream <laughs> in the 90s. In a can. It was about the time. In like an aerosol? It was, no, 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 no. It was, it was just a poured tip top can. Right. It was very working class. <laughs> God, it was probably delicious. It was pre-cloudy lemonade, pre-posh custard from Marks and Spencer's and at Carton. It was pre all that all that jazz. Pre Ambrosia Rice. It was pre all that. <laughs> oh, lovely. lovely. David Moyes eating a bowl of custard. What mm. a lovely sight. And just like just grinning like a, grinning away. Just, just, just that's just his happy time. His best. A wooden life. eating it with a wooden spoon with three bears. <laughs> 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 Dressed as a schoolgirl. Is it like What did, a fetish? <laughs> Jules, did he specify what he likes it with, or is it mm. just a bowl of custard? Yeah. Not that I've seen, unfortunately. No. I the, the I just saw a tweet from a journalist that said uh, I asked David Moyes what he what his guilty pleasure was and he said custard I love it 
I just, I've got a, a wet room where I just sit down and just cover myself in it. <laughs> thrash around like a big slug. A custard bath. <laughs> oh, that's how he's turned the fortunes of West Ham around. Yeah. Just these big custard baths. <laughs> it's, it's his me time. That's where he thinks. Oh, right. We've got to Ajax. 13, Venlo, nil. Bit much, isn't it? Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> see, it was a lot. Now I see what Vish means by too many mm. goals. That's too many goals. Just behave yourself, Ajax. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the highlights, but my God, um, Venlo had somebody sent off, I believe, 4-0, but mm. still, come still. on. Come on. Does, does there come a point in these games where, as footballers, you reckon they feel a bit bad, but they think, well, well we've got to keep scoring because like, we, we, we can't not. I was actually on air on BT on Saturday when this game was on, and uh, I was told 4-0... Um, They've had a man sent off. This could this could be anything. And I was thinking, yeah, it could, it could be. Mm, but yeah. we've seen lots of games and lots of teams go down to 10 men and, and it's fine. The Spurs yeah. match last week. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Go exactly. And uh, then the next thing you know, I'm being told in my ear because we didn't have a screen for this, mm. this game. So I'm just being told the score in my ear. And by the end of going off air, it was... 12 nil, yeah. and then the next time I checked my phone I saw 13 I just thought oh god it's oh it's, oh, it's not nice is it <laughs> it's not premium I, I mean I, I watched the highlights and Lucina Traore scored the last goal and celebrated like it was the first oh no um, really like D- D- Daily Blind scored a, a pretty great goal and they were celebrating like yeah this is amazing look yeah. we're, we're thrashing them uh, it didn't look like those Ajax players felt bad about the whole thing to be honest <laughs> there's also a really strange situation where I'm sure there's an explanation for it but I, I have no idea what it is where there was a, a car in a box in the stand oh yes I saw oh, that yes. it almost looked like a big matchbox car but like life, like an well, it actual like car it looked like it had curtains was yeah. it, like, it looked like it, had, like it would yeah. just cut like a little peep show but a car was it a prize yeah. for something I guess that's the most logical explanation I suppose, but, why, but I have no idea. Why is it there? Yeah. Like, how did they How do they get it there and how do like they that, get it out? It's yeah. like the Italian match where they brought that uh, the, the, the scooter in, didn't they? Do you remember? What, the, the fans yeah, threw a scooter threw a at someone? Scooter at someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Pretty amazing, that. <laughs> yeah, what, what is it doing there? No, I, d- I don't know how it got in. I it must be a crane, more. surely. I, don't, yeah. mm. I can't figure it out. Yeah, they get a crane onto the pitch and then put the car mm. into the box. Maybe they did it at 4 0. Be like, let's try and change yeah, yeah, the narrative yeah. of this. Let's get everyone talking about this car. Oh, look at the car. There was a, um, uh, for, for, for the, uh, the in, in uh, Venlo's squad, is uh, a player called Ian Sprinkles, which I very much enjoy. <laughs> I love Little lime sprinkles. Lime sprinkles. Uh, there we go. Ajax 13, Venlo nil. Let's see how they get on in the Champions League this week. They've probably used up all their goals already, yeah. so uh, no need. Mm. Um, right, this is a great story. We all love talking about Alan St. Maximum. He's always doing something interesting, even if Newcastle are playing really boring football, according to Kieran Dyer. Um, <laughs> yeah, his bricklayer mate, who's been playing in Australia, has signed for Newcastle. Yeah, I mean... Like this? It's... I mean, he's very much a footballer that's done a bit of brickling rather than the other way around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not Dave on the site who's a bit, a bit, a bit cheeky with the ball. But um, yeah, look, Newcastle United's uh, game plan seems to be just keep Alan St. Maximum happy and this yeah. keeps Alan St. Maximum happy. So well done then. <laughs> I like this story though. I like so, it, yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically, um, Alan St. Maximum's friend who plays out in the Australian fourth tier, his name's Florent Indalecio. He's a French player, mm. uh, signed to Newcastle's under-23s for the rest of the season. Um, he was also working part-time as a bricklayer alongside the football, obviously, to, mm. to get a bit of money in at the same time. And he'd played with Alan St. Maximum at the St. Etienne Youth Academy. Um, so Alan 
Alan Smaxman basically said, come on, get get him over here to train with us. So Steve Bruce <laughs> says, all right, we'll have a look at him. So in training, he scores this bicycle kick, which is quite impressive. I mean, any bicycle kick's impressive. Jim's mm. not so sure. Well, it was he was completely unmarked. And you're right, any bicycle kick is very <laughs> impressive. I could not do it. No, 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 no. Um, but it, 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 he was very unmarked. Uh, yeah, there was, a player, there was a player on on guard, let's say. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a good finish. But again, it was in training. <laughs> yeah, but it it sold it to Steve Bruce. He thought, you know what, he's got a bit of talent. This boy, so <laughs> why it. not? I love it. I mean, it's it's you know, it's goal, isn't it? <laughs> Just happening. Yeah, he did do quite a lot of bicycle kicks in goal one. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But oh. he, it, I think for for a bricklayer, if you check this uh, guy's um, Instagram, he spends a lot of time uh, tooting around uh, Dubai in a Ferrari. So I'm like, <laughs> right. I don't think it's a, a rags to riches story necessarily. <laughs> I sold it as one. You've ruined it. <laughs> Pete. You've absolutely ruined it. Yeah. Uh, a nice little story though. Um, he he did say when he moved out to Australia to play football out there, he didn't speak a single word of English. The mm. only really things he knew how to say were, well, he did speak a single word. He could say, hello, how are you? So that's maybe, what, four words? Yeah. <laughs> so he basically just learned loads of Australian swearing. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope this guy's a success. He's going to be great. Yeah, he said, I learned English on a construction site with my boss and all the bricklayers. Yeah. Wow. I wonder whether Aussie construction sites are similar to the English ones. Any Aussie listeners, can you write in and let us know what it's like? Let's mm. assume so. I mean, mm. there's a, uh, I have quite a few Australian friends so I've learned some of their ways. Go on. And uh, there is a phrase meaning I'm not here to, to muck around, which is I'm not here to fuck spiders. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What's the, no that idea. Come, right. No idea. Um, presumably this is, you know, Florin Indelaceo's, um, you know, <laughs> MO as well. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. here to fuck, not spiders. Not fuck spiders. He's, he's here to earn a contract. Oh, I love Love that. It's great, isn't it? Oh, come on. Send us in some more great stuff from um, the construction yeah. site if you live out in Australia. Any more of those sayings? <laughs> oh, this might be the da- most dangerous call to arms we've yeah. ever put out. Do you not get enough on your DMs? <laughs> I did not request them to my DMs. Show at com. Do you like custard, Joe? <laughs> Do you want to be gunned and custard? Gunned and custard. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, right, we'll leave it there for today before I, mm. I get even weirder. Um, tonight, it's Brighton against West Brom. Oh. 1495? All the Albions. <laughs> well, two of them. Two of them. 1495? You going to pay it? it uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not paying I'm not, I'm not on the 1495 for Brighton West Brom. I don't think anyone will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even me. Um, also, Burnley against Tottenham. Hopefully, we'll see some goals in that one. Tomorrow's yeah. show, Marcus, Luke, and Vish are going to be here to look back at those two Premier League matches. They'll also start previewing what's happening in the Champions League this week. Should be another exciting week. Um, and that's all from us. Pete, say bye. Au revoir. Le cement. Oh, Jim, say bye. (laughs) Bye. And bye from me and my custard bath. (laughs) (laughs) This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.